This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. In contrast to perhaps some other countries or some other locations, um, I don't often have to trust God as much for some other things, maybe my needs, uh, than, than other places. Obviously, yes, we know God owns everything. But because of the many blessings that we have, we can often take our dependence off of God and put it on ourselves. And I find myself often what I call putting God in a box when it comes to situations. Now, we know we can't restrain God. We know that we can't stand in, the, in, in, in that he is, we know he is all-powerful. We know he is in charge of everything and that his will will be done. But I feel that oftentimes I get in the way of what God is trying to do through me. And like I said, I, I, I term it, I call it putting God in a box when it comes to my life. And I feel that there's some different areas in these different passages of Scripture we're going to look at that there are examples in Scripture where people also did the same thing. They had a small view of God in that particular situation in that particular instance in their life. First of all, let's look at this um, in, in uh, Luke chapter 8. Is your God in a box when you have problems in your life? We all have problems, and oftentimes I find myself, as I said, when I have a problem, saying, God, I want you, you can only work in this way, <laughs> in this situation. You fill in the blank, whatever it might be. God, I see you working this way, and really God wants me to have a big view of him and just trust him in this situation. This is what we find in this account here in Luke chapter 8. Pick up in verse 41. This is the account of Jairus and his uh, daughter. Verse 41, it says this, And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house, for he had only one daughter, about twelve years of age, and she lay a-dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. And if you know this, this account in God's word, there was an interlude here where Jesus dealt with the, the woman with the issue of blood. And then we come down a few verses later to verse 49, and it says this, And while he yet spake, there cometh one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Thy daughter is dead, trouble not the master. I think we all would agree that this man had a huge problem going on in his life. A challenge, all of us would agree that this was a challenge. Something that no parent ever wants to go through. And I'm sure in Jairus' mind, he had a way that he thought God would work in this. Jesus, just come and heal my daughter and everything's going to be fine. That was his box of how God was going to work in this situation. And that all changed as we know. In verse 54, we are reminded of what Jesus Christ did here. And he put them all out, and he took her by the hand, and called, saying, Maid, arise. And her spirit came again, and she arose straightway, and he commanded to give her meat. And note, note verse 56 here. And her parents 
were astonished. But he charged them that they should tell no man what was done. Why were these parents astonished? Because they had it what they thought figured out how God was going to work in this situation. And when God did exceeding, exceedingly abundantly above all that they could ask or think, their, their box, shall we say, was, was shattered. It was, their, their view of God was changed forever. Their view of God was so much bigger. Is your God in a box when it comes to your problems in life? Is your God in a box, secondly, when it comes to your prayer life, your prayer life? Turn over to Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12, there's probably so many different accounts that we could look at here as far as our prayer life. But this was a a bad time, a time of trying for the early church. The first several verses talk about how uh, King Herod had caught James, put him in prison, and in fact killed him. And because it says in verse 4, verse 3, because he saw it please the people, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him. We'll just stop there for now. This, Peter was in prison. Verse 5 says, Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. They were praying for a miracle, but they, I believe, had it figured out how God was going to do this miracle. They had God in a box of how he might work in this situation. Why? Because I'll show you in a few verses later of what happened But we know in this account that God did a miracle here. And you could read verses 6 and following how God sent his angel to Peter, woke Peter up. The chains fell off, led Peter out. In fact, the iron gate came open all by itself. Peter found himself standing in the, the outside of the prison. And he goes to where he knows this prayer meeting is happening. Of course, he knocks on the door. And we know that Rhoda uh, eventually answers the door. But come down with me to verse 16. But Peter continued knocking, and when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Why were they astonished? I believe, once again, because they thought they had it figured out how God was going to work in their prayer request. In their box that they had made for God of how he was going to work in this particular situation. Some of you may have seen my children or may have met them at one of the other times that we have been here. They are both amazing answers to prayer. And I'm not going to necessarily go into all the details, but I'll just say this. They both spent quite a bit of time in the hospital when they were born. Uh, I believe Alan was there 70-some days, and I believe Artis was somewhere around 100 days that they spent in the hospital. I I prayed a lot (laughs) when they were in the hospital. And I had in my mind how I thought God was going to work in the certain circumstances. And I had different times where I can say that my, I had a small view of God. 
I don't know what's going on in your life right now. I heard some of the prayer requests that were mentioned here tonight. But let's not have a small view of God and, and try to figure out how he's going to work in a situation. Let's trust him and know that he is in charge of it all and is capable and desires to work in each situation if we will just trust him. They were astonished at what God did in this, this, this situation. So we have problems in our lives. We have prayer. Uh, um, we have things that we pray about and that we might put God in a box in. But what about our daily needs? What about our provisions in life? Thirdly, do you ever put God in a box like I have done in the past uh, concerning my provision in life? Turn with me to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. Skip back in your mind to when the Lord is just beginning to speak with and talk to uh, different people who would become his disciples. This is where we find this account. In verse 1 of chapter 5, Jesus is preaching to the multitude. In fact, so many are there that, they are, um, that, that he asks, who we uh, find out in verse 4 is Simon Peter, if they can use his ship to, for Jesus to preach from. They push out a little bit from the land and Jesus finishes preaching. But how does this have anything to do with his provision? Well, if you look at verse 4, it says this, Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word I will let down the net. Simon Peter's job was a fisherman. He had officially earned no money the night before. Nothing. His provision was not looking very good in his own strength and his way of doing things. How he thought God was going to work in his life. And he was faced with a decision. Was he going to trust God and obey what he said? Or was he going to go his own way? His own way wasn't working out so well. But he had a decision to make. Of course, if you know your Bible, you know what Simon Peter does. They go and they let the nets down. Look at verse 6. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net brake. And they beckoned unto their, their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both ships so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was what? He was astonished. And all they that were with him at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. So, Peter had, in his own mind, his way that God was going to work. And then when he saw God do exceeding abundantly, he was astonished. I have certainly been astonished sometimes when, when God has done great things in my life. But how about you, as far as your provision in life? Do you have a small view of God of how he's going to work in a situation? Or do you, are you looking for um, ex things exceedingly abundantly? above all that he could ask or we could ask or think. 
there's another, there's so many stories that I could share from our time of deputation as far as uh, God's um, getting me outside the box of how I think God's going to work in a situation. But I'll briefly mention this one. Very early in deputation, uh, we had a, a meeting in North Carolina, the first one of a month-long trip that would take us all the way to California and back again. I think, um, let me just put it this way, we did not have much support coming in. And we were at the first church, and the, the uh, love offering was not what we had thought it was going to be. And we were counting on each meeting to get us across the country and back again. And I had about two weeks till I had to be at the next meeting and not a whole lot to, to go on. And I can very distinctly remember looking at my wife and said, well, we have enough money to drive home or we're going to have to trust God. And that was perhaps the first time in my life that I can remember having to trust God and leaving it in his hands. Now, I can have a small view of God and say, well, I, God's given me the money to go home. So let's go home. But I knew that was not what he had for us. And I can look at that time and many others since then and say, thank you, God, not only for making me, forcing me to trust him, but then I get to see the benefits of him working far above what I could ask or think. Is your God in a box when it comes to your provision in life? Is your God in a box, fourthly, when it comes to your purpose in life? Turn over with me to Exodus. We often think that when we talk about our purpose in life, we're speaking to young people. While that definitely has a, a, an aspect of truth in it, all of us should be constantly evaluating, are we doing what God has called us to do? What God has told us to do? And in fact, the man we're going to look at, Moses, was not necessarily a young man. But we find, and when we pick up this account here in Exodus chapter 3, that Moses is tending the, the um, sheep of his father-in-law, uh, Jethro, and he sees the burning bush. And the first several verses there tell you how he sees the bush burning and it's not burning up. And he goes to investigate and God speaks to him and says simply in, in, my, in my words, Moses, I want you to go lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. Moses begins to make excuse after excuse and say, God, no, I am very content to be in my box here in Midian to take care of my sheep. I had to leave that, uh, leave Egypt because of killing the Egyptian, because of those other things that happened earlier in, in, in the account of Scripture. No, God, I want to stay right here in my box. And I have my different excuses. I could show you at least five different excuses from chapter 3 through chapter 4 that he gives to God as to why he is not the right man for the job. And I can relate to this as well. There were, there was certainly different times that I can point to in my life. Even though I said yes to God about certain things, I didn't want to do certain things that I knew God was telling me to do. Very content to stay in my box. 
of serving God a certain way. God continually pushed Moses and pushed Moses and pushed Moses until when you come down to chapter 4 and verse 14, it says, The anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses and said, Is not Aaron, thy, um, Aaron the Levite thy brother? I know that he can speak well. And also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee. And when he seeth thee, he shall be glad in heart. This is just after Moses says, well, I can't speak well. And God brings Aaron alongside and says, all right, we'll have you work together. Moses, if you're not going to listen to me yourself, I'm going to bring, bring, bring Aaron along. How sad that the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. Now, Moses went on to do great things for God before this point and after this point. But at least at this point in his box, or at this point in his life, he was content to stay in the box that he had made for himself there in Midian. Is your God in a box when it comes to your purpose in life? I can definitely say there were times in my life that I, that was true of me. But all is not negative. I was thinking today as, as uh, well, there's got to be some, some positive examples of people who said yes to God right away, and there are. Think of Noah. When God came to Noah in Genesis chapter 6 and said, uh, God said unto Noah, verse 13, the end of all flesh has come before me, and the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. What was Moses, or excuse me, what was Noah's answer? Basically, he said yes to God. Think about that. Building a boat for a rainstorm that nobody had ever, a flood that nobody had ever seen before. It says in Genesis 6.22, Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. To the letter, everything. Even though he didn't understand it, even though it didn't fit in Noah's box of how the world should be, he said yes. Praise the Lord. What about Queen Esther? What about Queen Esther? We could look at how she was, we know she was set up as queen there uh, under uh, King Artaxerxes. And she had a choice. Well, was she going to help her people and, and go before the king and possibly risk her own life or not? It says in Esther 4.16, uh, Esther is speaking here, Go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan and fast ye for me, and, uh, and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise, and so will I go unto the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. What a statement of her willingness to say yes to God in that situation, which was not necessarily what a queen would normally do. Thirdly, someone perhaps we don't think about, and that is Mary, the mother of Jesus. Think about this. A young maiden, a, a young lady, an angel comes to her and says, you're going to have a son, except you've never known a man. This son is going to be 
the Son of God. And there's a whole lot more detail. You need to go back and read it there in the different accounts, especially Luke. But what did Mary say? She said, and God said, Behold, the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me and according to thy word, and the angel, or be it unto me according to thy word. She said yes, even though she didn't understand something that had never happened before in her life or anyone's life to that point. She said yes to God. And she was the recipient of being the mother of Jesus Christ. If I continue to put God in a box, then he may just put me on the shelf spiritually like Moses. Bring Aaron alongside or whatever it might be. Let's not put God in a box. Let's have a big view of God. Of God. Jeremiah 33, 3, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. And perhaps some of my favorite verses in Scripture, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not to thine own understandings, not your own box. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Is your God in a box tonight? Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God, or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, you can visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and we want to encourage you to share this message with others. May the truth of God's word be your guide as you strive to follow Christ and make him known to others.